Paxton Quigley is rolling out the green carpet, talking to the creme de la creme of innovators and influencers who are shaping the world of cannabis and culture. Welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. Hello to all of you cannabis aficionados and welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. Folks, we have a special guest today, Andrew D'Angelo. He's advisor, he's co-founder along with his brother Steve of Oakland-based Harborside. It's the oldest and often called the most respected cannabis shop in the world. And in addition to, Andrew is also co-founder of The Ladder Project, and we'll learn more about that later on. But now he's doing something really new, and I think very different, and I think very, he's now writing a series of columns for Playboy.com, and he's going to be talking about the racist underpinnings of our marijuana laws and how they affect today's cannabis industry and the situation in our country. So there's going to be lots to talk about today with Andrew. Hey, Andrew, welcome to High Society with Paxton Quigley. Hi, Paxton. Hi, everybody. Nice to be with you today. And nice to be with you too today. And let's get started. Okay. Can you tell us about the column you're writing for Playboy.com? Obviously, you're, you're covering cannabis. What message are you intending to, com to communicate, I guess, to your readers? Well, I've been fortunate enough to be invited by Playboy to write two columns. One is called Dope Tutor, which you just referenced. That first column was about uh, weed laws and racism. Uh, and then I have another column called The Weed Warrior, which is uh, a little bit more autobiographical <laughs> about some of my adventures before cannabis was legal and how we made cannabis legal and sort of my obsession with all things cannabis my entire life. So those are the two columns. Um, I'm hoping, you know, with Dope Tutor just to be an educational voice for the readers of Playboy and continue the conversation. You know, Playboy and the readership of Playboy have a long history of cannabis uh, support uh, going all the way back to normal. And as you know, with your background, you know, the, 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 that organization has been a big, supporter of cannabis reform before many people were supporters of cannabis reform. Yes, so yes. So as I always say to people, Playboy was not only a leader in the sexual revolution, but was a proponent and really one of the first big proponents of cannabis rights for, for more than a half a century. So for example, during those heady days, I gotta tell you and, and tell the folks out there, I had the amazing experience of working as an executive at Playboy and reporting to Hugh Hefner and his daughter, Christy Hefner, and I did that for five years. And I got to tell you what happened on the first day on the job while I was at Playboy Mansion meeting Hef for the first time. Christy said, you got to meet Hef. She never yeah. said dad. She never used the word dad. It was always Hef. Well, we uh, had um, uh, dinner together. Uh, also at the dinner table was Bill Cosby and James Kahn. We went out to the uh, little cottage where they had pinball machines. Hef was really big into pinball machines. And we we're playing, and I'm not doing very well since I don't play pinball, but all of a sudden, I smell marijuana. And then next, Christy is handing me a joint. And I think very quickly, it's illegal, it's illegal. 
And I said, well, wait a second, I'm here. Nothing's going to happen. And I take a drag and I got to tell you, it was really good stuff. I passed it on to Hef. And we went around the room about three times. And we, we were playing and all that. And I, I looked at my watch and um, it was getting toward 11 o'clock. And I said, I got to go. And she, they said, no, no, stay. We're having fun. I said, no, no, no. I'm, I, I got to go. It's you know really my first day on the job. And then Christy said, oh, don't forget, I forgot to tell you, we have a fundraiser here at the Playboy Mansion tomorrow. So come tomorrow. Now, she didn't tell me what the fundraiser was all about. So the next night I go up there at about 7.30 and there are just cars all over the place. I go into the great room and there must have been at least 200 people there. And of course you could smell, you know, marijuana all over the place. And that's where I learned that Hugh Hefner was the main financial supporter of normal. I didn't know that before. And I also learned that every year, it gave $100,000, and it did so over the course of 10 years. And that's what enabled Normal to do its important work and its, in its fight against marijuana prohibition and, and its advocacy for you know, just laws and, and the fair treatment of pot users. So I feel really excited that yeah. to meet you and that now you're doing something with Playboy. Yeah, in, in, no, in well, a totally different way. So I, I congratulate you, and I, I wish you good luck. So, uh, and we'll talk. We'll talk more about the column, but let's talk about you a little bit. You know, you, you've been called a visionary and, and and a leader in the cannabis industry, and it seems that your your new role uh, with with Playboy uh, as a columnist is is going to give you really a great platform to push for. I hope significant changes in the cannabis laws. So how do you see your role as a writer for, for such an influential publication? Wow, that's a great question. Well, first and foremost, I wanna continue the intellectual tradition of Playboy with respect to cannabis and just add to that long voice and tradition and stand on the shoulders of people like you and Hef and, and, and his family and, 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 and the new leadership of Playboy is extraordinary. I, I got to know them before we closed the deal to work together. And you now know, when you so, say the people, who are the people uh, that now uh, are, are carrying on well, Playboy? I, I, I dealt mainly with the editors, um, a woman named Rachel, and then there's another woman named Kat Azure um, that I deal with. Um, I don't deal with the, the CEOs yet. Um, um, uh, maybe if the column does well, I'll get to talk to them. <laughs> um, but, um, but they've been terrific people, and I got to learn a lot about, you know, Playboy, like, like everybody these days, has to be modern, has to be um, up to speed on what's happening in the cultural conversations, as Playboy's always done. And, and that's why I wanted that first Dope Tutor column, and, and Playboy was the one that suggested this, actually, um, to be about racism and, and cannabis prohibition and the effect on, on people of color. And, and, and by contrast, the effect on people that look like me. Um, and so... Um, well, wait, you know, we're, we're on radio so people don't know <laughs> what you look like, but I got to well, tell I mean, you... I'm not a person of color. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a white man. Um, and I've been, you know, I've been doing this a long time. And one of my earliest memories when I was nine years old was I had to visit my brother Steve in prison for, for cannabis. So, you know, I sort of um, 
grew up with this. I grew up within this. Um, and, you know, my older brother, Steve, is, is the visionary. I definitely like to consider myself a leader. I've, I've led a lot of the visions that, that we've created together. And, and, and I just hope to continue to um, um, activate the readers of Playboy the way that we it's not enough to change the laws of cannabis. We're starting to do that. The problem now that we're finding is nobody wants to have a cannabis dispensary in their neighborhood because there's all this stigma and there's all these people that are afraid of cannabis and they don't want their children walking by it and all this all this baggage, you know, that that used to come with 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 sexual uh, mores in society and and, right, and they didn't want to have a sex shop on their block. Right, right, and 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 now that's that's sort of evolved and changed. Um, and 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 so I hope that that we can reduce the stigma of cannabis out in society, so people realize that the sky's not going to fall if we the the, the this ca- cannabis is already in your neighborhood. It's just in the underground, and it 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 there's not there's some things that aren't so good about that um for the community and and if we bring it above ground and we legalize and it's okay it'll be good for the neighborhood it'll be good for the communities um it'll 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 help um normalize something that people are already doing and and they don't have to feel ashamed of it and lord knows they don't have to get busted and go to jail for it uh and particularly that's the case with people of color so so that's what I hope to achieve with this, and 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 you know, I want to I want to also have fun. Playboy's about the pursuit of pleasure and freedom to pursue pleasure, and that's what Playboy brand is all about. So I want I want to make sure some of the columns have a little bit of fun in them, have a little bit of joy in them, have a little bit of pleasure in them. Uh, it's not all uh, ranting and raving, but we'll we'll do a little ranting and raving too. Listen, are you are you going to have photographs at all? Um, well, they've been terrific. They've been um, hiring illustrators um, to do illustrations with the column. So, um, so far, they've been terrific um, uh, hand-drawn illustrations, or, or maybe they're animated on a computer, but they hire artists and, and make sure that they're supporting artists and creators in the community with the column. So it, I've been very pleased with the illustrations that come with it. Very old-school, classic Playboy, you know, that that they have a long tradition again of doing these these hand drawn illustrations and and empowering creative people to and hiring creative people to do them. Yeah, well, I'm I'm so happy to hear that. But now let's talk. Let's get a little more serious. Well, no, not that we're you know overly serious. But um, I I just read that in the in the last what is it week or so that there have been. Uh, um, a hundred, I'm reading it right now, a hundred prisoners have died in prison as a result of COVID-19. And I know that that's something uh, that you're involved with, with, with Last Prisoners Project. So tell us about the, the Last Prisoners Project. Why did you start it and when did you start it? Well, we began the Last Prisoner Project about a year and a half ago. The Last Prisoner Project is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to free all cannabis prisoners in America, and we hope the world, also to expunge their records and also to reintegrate them into society with good housing and good jobs. Hopefully those jobs are in the cannabis industry so that we can create a prison-to-jobs pipeline rather than a a school-to-prison pipeline that we've built with the drug war. So that's the idea of the Last Prisoner Project. 
we're not the only organization doing uh, this work. There's a whole bunch of organizations doing this work and, and, and people should support all of them, not just Last Prisoner Project. And, um, and you're so right. The COVID-19 pandemic has swept through the prisons. As, you can, as your listeners can imagine, prisons are a terrible environment uh, for something like a virus to spread because everyone's in very close quarters. The, there's not good sanitation. There's not a lot of resources put into cleaning and, and, and health care and all the rest that you need to control an outbreak like this. So people in prisons have suffered terribly. Remember, most people in prison are not there uh, to be killed, <laughs> are not there to die. Uh, they're there to pay some kind of debt to society. Um, but they're not supposed to be killed in there by a virus. So we've been working very hard to try to get compassionate release with uh, cannabis prisoners, particularly those that are more vulnerable with pre-existing conditions, those that perhaps are a little bit older and more vulnerable to the virus. We've had a little success in that, um, a lot more tragedy than we've had success. And, and just yesterday, some activists, not not directly affiliated with Last Prisoner Project, but some other activists um, went up to Gavin Newsom, the governor of California's home, and protested outside his home to, to help get these folks out of jail so they don't die in there uh, from the virus. Uh, you know, San Quentin has a terrible outbreak, something like 1,500 prisoners tested positive in San Quentin's population. Um, and, and so it's a real crisis in the prisons just like it's a crisis in society, but, but, but unfortunately when you're in prison, you don't have the choice to, to move yourself to a more safe place or to you know, access healthcare that, 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 that you might be able to purchase on the market or, or leverage with your own insurance. So these are all terrible situations that our prisoners and our constituents are, are in. So people can go to lastprisonerproject.org, you can Google social justice organizations. You can Google get people out of prison during COVID um, and, and, and plug into a plethora, a bunch of organizations. You can sign petitions. You can write letters to prisoners. You can probably get protective gear into the prisons uh, through some of the groups. Um, and, and, and we need all the help we can get. Well, thank you. Unfortunately, we need to take a short break. We'll be back momentarily to continue our conversation with Andrew D'Angelo, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> of Harborside in Oakland and The Last Prisoner Project and Playboy.com. So please don't go away. More High Society with Paxton Quigley coming up after we hear from our privileged sponsors. your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Vampire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback, cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being. 
bring the body back to homostasis and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Hempire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to Hempire. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Paxton Quigley is back talking to the connoisseurs of cannabis and culture on High Society, only on CannabisRadio.com. Andrew, if you had a crystal ball, what would you say was brewing for cannabis legalization? And it seems to me that, that politicians who maintain a, a prohibitionist attitude are now doing so at their, at their peril. What do you think about all that? Well, I wish I was more optimistic. I think you're talking about legalization at the federal level at the, yeah. uh, for the United States. I, I, I wish I could tell you that I was super optimistic that that was going to happen soon. But we have two people that are going to be the two candidates for president. Neither one of them is a committed reformer. Um, um, at best, they are sort of a nebulous, maybe they'll leave us alone, won't bother us, won't crack down on us, but certainly won't legalize either. Um, that's what. Trump did for four years, and um, that's the noises Biden is making. The Democratic platform that came out, I think, yesterday was it did not endorse legalization. Um, it did endorse decriminalization. Um, so you know, Biden is Biden seems to be playing his cards very conservatively. He wants to do this slowly. He wants to take things one step at a time. Let's decrim. Um, I don't agree with that. I don't think people like us agree with that. Uh, we need to end this prohibition long ago and not <laughs> be conservative. We need to be bold uh, because there's so much work that needs to be done. So, so that's, that's, I'm not optimistic about it. There are people who say, look, Trump will get desperate and he'll try to legalize to get votes at the last minute for an October surprise. I don't subscribe to that, but hey, if it happened, I'll dance in the street with everybody else um, and it would be fantastic. Uh, I don't really care how, when, or why, you know, cannabis was removed, and I say removed from the Controlled Substances Act. Um, I don't really care, um, but as long as it's done. And then of course, we have to make sure that the frameworks for legalization and the taxes and all the nightmares we've seen at the state level don't get repeated at the federal level. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, how is how is the uh, 
uh, the the, the uh, bill going, or maybe it's not a bill anymore, but it's been enacted in Illinois because I thought what they were doing in in Illinois uh, could be maybe a, a blueprint for other states. Uh, and, uh, well, Illinois did legalize, you know, and they're making a lot of money too. Do you know millions and millions of dollars because of legalization? Well, Illinois is a big state with a big population, okay? So whenever a big state legalizes, you know, people go get the weed. I mean, that's people are dying for this. So um, it's not surprising. Uh, Illinois, I think, did some things right. I think they they did some things wrong. Um, you know, the the prices of cannabis in the in the legal market, even in Illinois, is just grossly higher than the I call it the legacy market. Some people call it the underground market. Um, and 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 if you can't compete with the legacy market, you're not being smart about legalization. So and if you can't absorb all the legacy producers into the legal market, you're not being smart about legalization. So we have we I think we've learned a lot. I hope we can apply those lessons. And you know we just. The politicians aren't going to do it for us, um, even the Democrats, um, e even if Bernie won. I mean, his plan was terrific um, and he probably would have legalized in the first hundred days. But even then, even in that case, we would have to put the pressure, keep the pressure on and make sure things are done in a good way and done right. And, you know, this kind of change doesn't happen with every without participation. Um, and and so. You know, we have a lot of work to do, a long way to go, but we've come a long way. We should feel good. The wind is at our backs. Places like Illinois have legalized, however imperfect it may be. And, you know, in, an imperfect yes is better than a perfect no. Yes. Now, do you think, however, the more research comes out about what uh, uh, cannabis can do in terms of, of you know, sleep, uh, in terms of pain, that that might be the way that things will become more legalized? You know, you use that that uh, that pathway rather than, you know, just the, the smoking pathway, so to speak. Um, I think you're onto something. I, I look. There's been so many cannabis has already been studied and it's already been proven to be good, not bad, and we're just not listening to it. So why aren't we listening to it? Because it's an intellectual argument that isn't hitting people in the heart and doesn't affect their everyday lives. When we start hitting people in the heart um, and showing how cannabis affects their everyday lives, like we did with the AIDS and HIV patients back in the 90s in San Francisco to legalize medical for the first time, or like we did with the kids with epilepsy more recently. Uh, and those are the stories that are going to hit people in the heart and they're going to say, hold on a second, this child has epilepsy. Nothing is helping them. They might die at any moment and this is helping them. There's something not adding up here. Um, and that's when change can start to happen in people's mind, in my experience. You can make all the scientific, rational arguments you want till you're blue in the face. The world does not listen to rational arguments. If we did, we wouldn't be in the mess we are in right now. <laughs> um, so uh, I think we have to touch people in the heart and we have to change their hearts. Uh, and, 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 uh, and that's 
that's the task in front of us. Yes. Now, when you're out there, are, are you doing any lectures anywhere uh, uh, or anything like that to so-called conservative people uh, that so you might switch them? Is is are you doing any of that, or or you're not you're not an evangelical person, evangelist, oh, <laughs> evangelist? No, certainly, I mean. I'm certainly evangelical. I don't get invited a lot to speak in front of groups like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, cannabis people invite me to speak in front of them a lot, and um, and so, some other. I'm starting to you know speak in some other forums, but not so much conservative ones. I think the best way to reach folks that live in their own bubble that's much different than our bubble that we live in is through a story that is about a kid with epilepsy, or um, about um, a military veteran, or about a conservative person who got helped by cannabis, who has the same value that that audience has, who might be a Christian, might be an evangelical Christian. I, I, I read this great story about an evangelical Christian who um, had this religious experience with cannabis and where he got closer to you know, his religion through the practice of cannabis, but he was in crisis because that same religion was telling him it's bad, but he had this mystical experience under the influence of cannabis. And so he had this like dual thing going on that he had to come to peace with. And, and what a great story that is, right? Um, yes. And I think that's how we, that's how I, and yeah, I do work on projects like that as, as much as I can um, to, to bring stories like that to the world. I have a, a feature film documentary called CBD Nation that's dro dropping next month that does a little bit of that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Now let's get back to Playboy. How is Playboy going to be helping you in terms of of, of getting messages out? Um, are, well, they're are, giving are, me their platform. Um, yeah, the platform. Uh, are there people within Playboy, whether it's uh, who are going to be doing anything in terms of perhaps uh, having parties to a, a Playboy, uh, a cannabis parties? Uh, have you just gone well, in that think, direction uh, at all? Um, I haven't gotten quite that far with Playboy yet. What I know about Playboy is um, they made a, when the George Floyd and Breonna Taylor murders happened, they, they made a $250,000 pledge on their website to, to support social justice. Uh, I think, you know, Last Prisoner Project might be one of those organizations that Playboy supports. I think whatever, however they decide to, um, allocate the, that resource and whoever they decide to support, I'm sure they'll do a good job of it. I was super impressed. Uh, you saw a lot of companies, you know, release statements um, supporting social justice. You didn't see so many saying they're going to commit six figures to it. So um, I was super impressed with that. Um, I've had a few conversations with some of the leaders about Playboy doing a little bit more with cannabis and leveraging their their audience and their brand. Um, um, you know, I don't think any decisions have been made along those lines yet, but we, we're certainly having those talks. And, you know, they talk about cannabis. I'm not the only person talking about cannabis on their platform. They have all kinds of people talking about uh, cannabis on their platform. They have this woman, the Canisexual, that's I've been on their platform quite a bit um, out of Long Beach. She's terrific. Um, and, you know, uh, lots of people, a whole bunch of diverse people are, 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 are linking cannabis and pleasure and cannabis and health and cannabis and wellness on that platform. So I think, you know, 
I'm just the latest addition, I think, to their ensemble of, of creatives that are carrying this message on, on, on that platform. And I'm super grateful to Playboy for, for having me. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's an opportunity that I haven't quite had before. And I'm, I'm super grateful and excited to do it. And I just hope people dig the columns and the stories and, 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 and have fun reading them. Oh, good. Well, we got to take another break. Uh, we will be back shortly. And folks, again, don't go away because we're talking to, shall we say, a legendary person. How about that for, for, for a way to go out to a commercial? <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. More High Society with Paxton Quigley coming up after we hear from our privileged sponsors. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Oh, lady marijuana llama, tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the board, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com, Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Paxton Quigley is back talking to the connoisseurs of cannabis and culture on High Society, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to High Society with Paxton Quigley. We've been speaking with Andrew D'Angelo and Playboy.com about his column. He's also co-founder of Harborside and The Last Prisoner Project. So are you still there? I see you over there. I am. Good, good. Um, I'm just wondering um, if 
there could be a way of perhaps some movie stars also uh, that you could go ahead and, and, and maybe interview and who they could discuss their their relationship with cannabis in the terms of if it not so much getting high, but it but how it would help them in all sorts of ways. Have you ever thought of going in that direction uh, for Playboy? Because remember, Playboy used to have their their uh, famous interviews, mm -hmm. and and they were fantastic. Uh, have you thought of going maybe in that direction, interviewing you know famous people? Well, no, Paxton. But if you'd like to go hand in hand to Playboy and pitch him on that, I'd be happy to do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you're, but you're the, you're the star, you're the, you're um, the star columnist of cannabis. Yeah. I mean, I would love to be able to do uh, more, you know, um, uh, that's a fantastic idea. There are quite a few celebrities that are involved in cannabis movie stars like Jim Belushi have cannabis farms and cannabis brands and, there's quite a few celebrities on the advisory board of Last Prisoner Project, Be Real, and Damian Marley, and um, Eric Rachmani, and all kinds of... Uh, How about uh, women? Any women? Oh, yeah. we, we uh, Evelyn LaChapelle is a former prisoner, and she's on our advisory board. She's also working in the cannabis industry now. Um, uh, Elizabeth, uh, no, uh, Melissa Etheridge, the musician, is also on our, on our advisory board. Um, and, and so, yeah, definitely a very diverse group. Yeah, I, I would think because for some reason, um, womankind and mankind, if they, they hear that such and such a, you know, a star uh, is, is uh, either sponsoring something or uh, it likes it a lot and has a good story to tell, that makes them say, oh, if they're doing it, I can do it too. No, no, you're right. Momentum's a real thing. And um, so we do welcome everybody to participate. There's an awful lot of talented, creative people that are various different art forms and various different practices who are celebrities or up and comers and they're jumping into cannabis. And they're, you know, the wonderful thing about cannabis is. We attract creative people and, and creativity has always been a part of cannabis culture going all the way back to the formation of jazz and the jazz age um, and even beyond way, way back to caveman. That's right. Age, That's you know, right. Who knows? We were probably smoking weed when we painted on the cave. Listen, um, I'd love for us to keep talking, but time's running out. Okay. We got to back on. But wait, wait. You got to tell people how they can learn more about Last Prisoner Project. That's really important. Yes. Uh, LastPrisonerProject.org is our website. You can plug in. We, we, we teach people how to um, get involved really easily. You can donate. You can write prisoners. It's all right there on the web. Can they, and they can volunteer, right? Also? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It depends where you live, but yes, you can volunteer. And if nothing else, you can write letters to prisoners, which is a very gratifying thing to do. Oh, that's terrific. Well, it was wonderful having you on. I, I hope we will have you on again in the, in the very near future and hear more about what you're doing. And thank you again for being on, on our show. We really appreciate it. Well, it was uh, lovely talking with you, Paxton. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll, we'll talk afterwards, too, and, and keep the conversation going. Um, folks, um, I, I don't know if a lot of people know that I have written a book, a novel. It's called 
Just Try Me. Uh, it's about three pot-smoking women who get involved in all manner of international intrigue. Uh, it's called, as I said, Just Try Me. And uh, people seem to appreciate the spicy intrigue. And one uh, reader said, if the action doesn't grab you, the sex will. So uh, I hope that you'll look at the book, buy it, Just Try Me. It's in paperback and Kindle at Amazon.com. And to all of our listeners, stay in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn by going to High Society with Paxton Quigley. And please stay healthy, stay home if you have to, and stay in touch. I'm Paxton Quigley. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.